0: This is episode number eighty-two of the Church Collective podcast. In this episode, I talked with Aaron Ivey from Austin Stone Worship about their latest album, how they went about um, really getting a lot of songwriting in their church, how Aaron personally got involved in songwriting, a uh, lot, a lot of songwriting stuff in here. And again, we always go back to the heart of um, why it's so important to understand who we are in Christ and, and what we're doing for Him. Um, even just some practical stuff on how to work with uh, your your lead pastor and really like meshing your songwriting endeavors with what your church is doing and all the fruit that can come of that. So we're going to hop right in with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 82.
1: Well, I've been the worship pastor here at the Austin Stone for seven years, and I never imagined myself being a worship pastor at a church. Never, ever, ever. Um, I loved music, and uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I, I didn't grow up going to church. My my parents were both Christians, but we didn't really kind of do a whole lot like in the life of the church. And, um, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. I went to college and um, loved music. I was a music major for a little bit and then ended up being a communication major. Came to know the Lord when I was a freshman in college. and, And then the Lord really opened my eyes up to these songs that were written for people to sing, like, to God with. Like, I I'd, I'd never really made that connection. I uh, went to a, a conference. It was a passion conference. It was a very, very first one, actually. And God just did something in my heart that year that was just unbelievable. Um, that That's the year that, that really I came to know Christ personally and started to get a sense that, that He, um, you know, had some sort of, like, Something in mind for me, some sort of plan for me. It just kind of felt like he was kind of arranging some things in a way that it made me feel like, okay, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, I found myself knowing how to play an instrument and loving music sure. and loving people and wanting people to know about this, this person, Jesus, that I had met that had totally changed my life. And just found those pieces kind of working together. Um, so I started learning how to play the guitar, you know, and learned how to play some chords and some songs and just fell in love with um, with, with doing that, you know. But never imagined myself like in the role of like a pastor at a church. Okay. And so fast okay. forward several years, you know, after college, this is like 15 years later, um, the man, the Lord has just like planted me in this place that I absolutely love with this this city and these people that I just completely um, feel like privileged and honored to to be around. And so I've been a pastor here for seven years. And, um, you know, we never said like, hey, we should start recording music or we should put out worship albums. And it never started out that way. I've just I've had this kind of um thing in me that loves writing songs for my church and for my people and so for the last seven years that's what we've been doing it started out where it was just me and a couple other people writing songs for our church that occasionally we'd use if they were good you know if they were bad we just we wouldn't use them we just shelf them um but throughout those seven years god started bringing in some some other some other songwriters and it became kind of this this small team of people that loved writing songs for the church, and we loved doing it together. And so the first kind of thing that we recorded together was a couple years ago and several records ago, and it was really just intended for our church. We had no no agenda or... In it being something that was for anybody else other than our congregation here in Austin, and so that's that's why we recorded it. We didn't spend a whole lot of money doing it. It was just like, man, these are songs that our church is already singing, so let's record them and let's have it available for our church. And that that that's the short version of kind of how we ended up here. Where now we're getting the sense that God is um, letting us continue write songs for our church, and some of those songs. Um, you know, resonating with other churches and with other communities outside of Austin. So we're just floored by that. Yeah. Right. Really, yeah, I feel really honored by that, man.
0: Sure. Maybe to swing a little bit back there. So it sounds like you, when you accepted the Lord, you, you felt like you might be called into doing music before you had started playing an instrument. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah. So I came to know the Lord my freshman year of college, and I always loved music, but I didn't know how to play the guitar or the piano my freshman year. Okay. Um, okay. And Um, yeah, I, I just loved music so much. And I I saw how God could use that in such a radical way to show me the gospel and to teach me theology that I had never learned before. You know, he was doing that through songs, which was so weird to me, you know? Um, and so I started to think, well, man, I love music. I love Jesus now. How can I, those things together and what do i need to do so i took guitar lessons and started taking piano lessons at the college and um and it really it really started from that you know i didn't play pretty like anything until freshman year of college so it's it's kind of something that just fell into my lap you know um looking back on it it's just it's the only way to kind of explain it is like god was doing stuff and thinking about things way before i was and I'm just grateful that he intersected my path in such a crazy cool way. in My freshman year of college, sure, sure.
0: that's neat. Should you maybe yeah. speak a little bit towards the like, just practically how you guys get together and 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 prepare. Like, how do you how do you do your songwriting?
1: Yeah, that's a really um, complex question. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it feels like with songwriting, it's just this. It's always just this mysterious thing, you know, that you can't really like capture or explain and and now being the guy here that um kind of leads out in in um fostering an environment where people are writing songs a lot i'm still trying to figure out how to how to foster that environment in a in a way that's healthy you know some of the things that i figured out is everybody writes very differently Um, you know a lot of people ask like do you write the melody first or do you write lyrics first Do you have an idea or a title first? And I mean, the answer for me is yes. I mean, yeah, all of those things happen. It's just different every single time. Um, So in in our team here, we try to keep everything just super fluid. Like there's not a program. There's not a formula for it. Um, We have two times a year that I will have like an open invite for songwriters to go on a songwriting retreat. And it's kind of like first come first serve, you know, there's usually like 15 or 20 beds at this retreat place we go to. And it's, um, it's three days of, of songwriting. Um, we're all set up, um, you know, some time slots where we're writing together and we'll, we'll separate into groups of two or three, but there's no like order for it or plan for it. There's no theme. Um it's just hey, these are we're all kind of interested in the same thing we, we want to write words that our church here in Austin our people can use to to sing to the Lord, and so there's kind of this like commonality that everybody comes to the table with, and then when you unleash that, you know without any sort of borders around it, mm-hmm. songs always come out of it always there's not been one single retreat where a handful of songs haven't come out of it, like good songs, usable songs. Sure. There's a there's a whole lot of songs that we never ever use. You know that I mean songs that I write there that are just terrible. Yeah. But um, you you kind of have to write a bunch of terrible songs to get a few really great songs. It's so yeah. like exercising exercising a muscle. You know you just have to do it all the time. So right. that's one thing is the rhythm of um, songwriting retreats. The other thing is we um we have a space um here in Austin um that uh that we can use for for co-writing and so we'll just always be setting up co-writes with our worship leaders here at the stone. So whether it's me initiating it or another worship leader initiate it, over the years we've just kind of developed this 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 kind of like posture of hey, we always need to be writing. Because even though there's been a thousand songs written about grace, like my experience with god's grace is unique it's the same grace and it's the same gospel and it's the same god but the way i've experienced his grace is unique to my story and to the things that god has done in my life so i need to write songs about grace even though there's been songs written about grace before you know so we kind of have that sort of attitude and heart here is like hey let's just always be writing and let's always be writing about the same truths of the gospel, but let's kind of infuse our own personalities and our stories and our journeys inside of that. So the second way we do that is just, like, a routine of of constant co-writing, you know? And then the third way is that um, for myself and for any other songwriter, is we, we try to be in a in a routine of, like, always writing, like, individually. Mm. So... Um, I read a really good book a couple years ago that helped shape this. Um, it's called The War of Art, and it's just a book about um, creating art. It's not necessarily about songwriting. It's not about faith. It's not about um, you know worship music or anything like that. It's just about creating art. And one of the things that it talked about that was really convicting to me is is if you're going to be an artist or you're going to be a songwriter— At the very least, right, whether you're great at it or not, at the very least, you should at least be committed and devoted to becoming better at it. And the only way to become better at something is to do that same thing every single day. So a guy who's, you know, designing skyscrapers, well, that's what he thinks about every single day is he's an architect of buildings, you know, or a dancer or, um, you know, any other sort of like creative outlet. And a lot of times for songwriters, especially like worship leaders, we're we're so busy with other things um, in the life of the church that usually songwriting is the last thing that we kind of have time to spend working on. So we've, we've tried to like hold each other to this kind of expectation of like, man, you need to be writing something every day. Whether that's like a phrase or a song title or a poem, a verse, a chorus, something, you know. Just exercising that creative muscle where you're sitting down at a blank piece of paper and writing something. And that's been really, really helpful for me. It helps when you're in the co-writing. It also helps when you're in the songwriter retreat that you're not just like looking at each other with blank stares. But you can go back to this journal, this kind of collection of little bitty thoughts you've had all along the way. Mm-hmm. And you see God kind of like drawing connecting dots between them. Th- those kind of things have been really helpful. Yeah. Just practically speaking
0: yeah I mean um, speak a little bit you, you mentioned in there too that you got to write some bad songs to get some good ones could you like speak to how you guys in a healthy way eliminate those ones that that you know you need to set aside or maybe save for another day like, how do you guys sift through all the stuff that you're your your like the throughput that you guys are, are creating
1: yeah absolutely it, it takes a lot of guts to to be vulnerable enough to share a song with somebody else you know on a, on a like a critical level not just like showing it The first time on a Sunday, but like literally showing it to somebody and saying, hey, give me feedback, man. Like, does this make sense? Is it compelling? Is it beautiful? Is it singable? Is it theologically accurate? It takes guts to do that, you know, (laughs) because it's it's just very, very vulnerable. And so um, the the way like practically that we weed out some of the not so good songs is is just we have to be kind of okay with realizing that all content is good. All content might not be usable, Hmm. right? So the fact that you wrote something is good. And just by shelving that and putting it kind of in the pile of like, eh, it's not excellent. But there's no reason to ever trash anything. Let's just put it in the pile. Like I've seen so many times where, you know, a really great song or a usable song, a song that resonates with our church, was maybe finished by some scraps that were in that pile that we didn't throw away, but we just said, this is not excellent yet, you know? So that's been real, real kind of helpful. And the way we do that practically is like, we all share a drop box, And so anytime somebody has a song idea, whether it's just like singing in their iPhone in the car, you know, we drop that in a Dropbox, And then myself and our director of albums just is constantly listening to that stuff, you know? Yeah and affirming guys and saying, dude, this is gold. Like, like you need to finish that. And if you need help, I'll help you. But, you know, affirming, like, really, really good stuff. And But then also not being afraid to say, like, hey, man, there might be some good things that come out of that song, but, you know, I don't think that that's maybe usable yet. So don't throw anything away, mm-hmm. but maybe just shelf it for a little bit and see if that comes to life later. Sure. You sure. know, just honest feedback is... is So healthy, hard, hard to put yourself in that spot, but better art, it's like better art always comes from, from healthy feedback and from collaboration. Sure. Sure. So
0: how, um, I guess, what does it look like? What did your like weekend set look like? Is it all original music? Do you infuse, you know, some of the regular church standards or what, like, what do your weekend services look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so here at the Austin Stone, it's usually about half and half. Um, We live in a culture here in Austin that is not a very churchy culture, Um, so uh, most people don't come with uh, any sort of, like, um, background or connection to church. And so even when we use a hymn, a lot of people at our church will be like man, I love that new song you guys wrote. It sounds so old, but, you know, you guys wrote it, so it's new. That's cool. You know, and you're like, really? That's that's 100 years old. It's just not a whole lot of people that grew up around church here in Austin, which is really refreshing in a lot of ways. Um, But it also means that you can't kind of rely on kind of standards or just big worship songs that are connecting everywhere else because – a lot of people aren't connecting with that here. So we try to keep half and half, you know, sure, where sure. Um, about half of our songs are written for our church from our church because those songs are usually centered around a specific sermon series we're going through or, you know, just me as their pastor, something that maybe is on my heart for them to sing. But then the other half is is songs that are resonating with other churches also that I just I know are great songs that are theologically rich and singable and beautiful and compelling you know so it's about 50 50. Sure (laughs) what what do you
0: think how how do you um how do you keep a finger on what songs your church needs to sing like what what are you doing to like really look towards like crafting your sets in a way that isn't just picking you know four or five songs but like really this is what my church needs to sing this week.
1: Yeah man I love all of your questions (laughs) I'm so about answering these kind of questions. Good stuff yeah. (laughs) Yeah it starts for us it starts with the sermon um so every the entire liturgy of any given Sunday um begins with the sermon, what what passage of scripture we're aiming on, what the theme of the sermon is, and then even more specifically, what the landing point or the kind of the action point of each sermon is. That's that's where it all starts. And then we build the set list or liturgy, whatever you know your language is at your church. We build all of that around that sermon. Mm-hmm. Because the most important thing that happens on a you know a, a corporate gathering of the body of Christ um, the most important is the the proclaiming of the word. It's the word of life. It's the the mouthpiece of God. You know that's our wisdom and instruction and vision for how to be Christ followers. And so if if that's like if the the the, the word of God or the preaching of the word of God is just kind of an additive or a sprinkling, I don't think that's like an accurate kind of picture of what is intended for a worship gathering, right? right. So everything else kind of flows from that. So then I'll just look at thematically what what is the song this is where I start right what's the song that we need to say and sing right after the sermon? so after the word has been preached and the Holy Spirit has brought whatever conviction the Holy Spirit wants to bring, my job as the worship pastor, you know a very like sobering, humbling job is to say, okay holy spirit what what is the thing what's the words that your people now need to confess or profess or proclaim or celebrate or whatever? What are those words after that preaching of the word? And then I just kind of sit with that and pray and talk to our preaching pastor about it too. And we kind of come to a sense of, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is saying we need to have a song that's confessing our need for him, or we need to have a song that's celebrating the the risen Christ. And so we'll choose a song based on that. And then the rest of the set from beginning to end kind of points in the direction of the word of God that's about to be preached. And then the response from the word of God that we'll sing at the end.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. Um, I guess to cap it off, you got any advice for, uh, the young musician worship leader that feels like they may be called into ministry um i th- I think there's a great testimony in, in the fact that you really didn't feel like you were called into it until you were a freshman in college, and that sometimes people feel like they needed like a, you know piano when they're four years old and they need all this musical background to actually step out and do it, but maybe uh just give some advice to the fifteen year old that feels like hey, maybe i I want to do this um you got it what what could they do to set themselves up for success
1: yeah, oh absolutely um you know I think if you're looking at like modern day um, men and women who are used used by God in a really profound, special way, or you're looking at men and women in the Old Testament and the New Testament that were used by God, it's the type of people that God seemed to always choose were the unlikely ones and the ones that were faithful in the small things. You know, when God picked David, David was he was tending to sheep. I mean, that's the most humble sort of role in that culture. You know, when God um, walked up to the disciples on the on the sand, you know, on the shore when they're fishing, when Jesus looked at him and says, come follow me, he picked these guys that were just fishing. They were just faithful to doing the same thing they did every single day. And you could go on and on and on and on with stories like that. I think my advice and kind of thing I would speak to any young person or old person that's wanting to do something for the Lord is like, be faithful in every single small area of serving the Lord. Um don't aim for the just the big flashy thing, you know. Um sure. but, but look for the small areas of serving faithfully, devoted, loving Jesus with all of your heart, your mind, your whole, your soul, your strength, loving him first, you mm-hmm. know? And then I think the second thing is just being available, like saying yes, you know. So many times it's like younger guys will find themselves saying no um, because it seems like, well, leading worship for kids' ministry isn't quite as alluring as leading worship for student ministry or adult ministry, you know? But the heart, the posture of a a faithful servant is like, God, you can use me anywhere to do whatever you want, so I'm going to say yes. You know, I think that the Lord is really pleased with that sort of heart. And usually that's the kind of men and women that um the lord uses to to draw people um to knowing christ and to really seeing him for for who he is
0: yeah that's huge Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you could do us a favor, head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. If you haven't noticed already, we're putting out two podcasts a week. One on Monday for the Ask the Collective, where we take community questions, and one on Wednesday where we interview uh, worship artists and, and leaders. So uh, we would love if you could give us a rating and review. It really helps us become more visible over on iTunes. We've been getting some tremendous feedback uh, about this new format for two podcasts a week. So Uh, Yeah, we would love to hear from you. Head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit contact and uh, connect with us. We would love to connect with you and get you plugged into um, everything that's going on with the Church Collective. God bless you today.